Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 95 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Celery. I mean, Cyclery. Cyclery. I, I am Jeff. I'm Jared. And I'm Liam. And today, we are going to discuss some good stuff. We're going to talk about a quick recap of our recent epic MTB trip in Sun Valley, Idaho. Mm. Wow, yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk quickly about four different boutique component brands that we are quite impressed with recently, making some really solid stuff, and loads of listener questions covering topics from Centerlock versus Six Bolt, essentials to bring on your ride slash trip, quick tips, quick tips on how to pack your bike. Bike mm. when you're flying with it. Um, what else is in and here? Sandpaper is toilet paper. Sandpaper is toilet paper. Um, cock, cockpit setups, broken spokes. Uh, spaghetti suspension fluid. Spaghetti suspension. Yeah, there, there's some good questions in here. There's Bunch gonna there's gonna be no doubt some mm. laughs and hopefully some valuable mountain bike knowledge because that's kind of yeah. what we're trying to do today. Why are you looking at me so weird, Liam? There's just a lot of stuff to cover, so we might not get all of it. We're going to get after it. But we're yeah. going to try. There might even be some tears. Well, uh, is, let's uh, let's play a sound effect and go on with our lives. DJ Green Goblin, play a sound effect. We should just leave that. All right. Yes. Sun Valley, Idaho. Oh, gosh. So we went there with Chasing Epic, which is a friend of ours, Steve Moken. He runs this company. They do fully supported, fully guided, fully inclusive mountain bike all, trips. All inclusive, all inclusive guided mountain bike trips. Is that, is that the tagline? I don't know. It it's, sounds uh, good, though. Yeah. They're good. Uh, we've been doing sort of collaboration trips with Chasing Epic for several years now. We've talked about them on the podcast. They're always a good time. They're always tiring. We always ride a lot. Yeah. And we cover a lot of elevation and a lot of miles and they're just they're just good excursions so and fun. sun valley is the first time we've ever been to sun valley all three of us and first time we went there with chasing epic which was rad because they've been going there for four or five years i think so of yeah, course probably. they had like the whole trip dialed in mm-hmm. the best trails the best stuff figured out and i was impressed were you impressed oh extremely impressed such yeah. a good time yeah it was i'd yeah. love to go back i had a good time the trails there were pretty awesome yeah yeah, they really were. So actually, part of the reason why we ended up going to Sun Valley is because when we went to Moab with Chasing Epic in t- October of 2020? Yes. Right? It was kind of that weird phase yes, of the trip. Was. Yeah, um, I thought Moab was awesome, but I also thought, uh, that's just riding on piles of rocks on piles of rocks <laughs> that are on top of like a major, big, larger rock. And uh, <laughs> Was there rocks there? So I said to Steve, I was like, hey, is there anywhere more maybe like flowy we could go to? And he's like, Sun Valley. And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do that. So, so we scheduled that one and it was flowy. There yeah. was some oh, of those yeah. trails were multi-use with dirt bikes and some of them weren't. Some mm-hmm. of them were. I didn't ride any too many multi-use trails. Yeah, we did. So yeah, we, we, we kind really of a couple days we bikes, split up. Right. We saw dirt bikes kind of one day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some of those trails were multi-use, some weren't, and all of them were definitely flowy. It's yeah. not a super, it's definitely not a rocky techie place by any means. Right. But it is unbelievably beautiful scenery and sort of these high speed you know flowy trails where you just feel like you're on a roller coaster just weaving back and forth yeah. through wildflowers overlooking snow-capped mountains and uh, it was cool what were some highlights for you guys oh i mean i definitely think that last day we for did sure. was pretty awesome um but i was gonna say the trails in general are really good because you can kind of ride them Close to full speed and blind. Yeah. Because. Yeah, like they have good visibility. Good for the visibility. First time, which is great for a place that you kind of take a trip to. Exactly. Because you can't yeah. have time to memorize these trails. Yep. So being able to kind of see around the corners a bit better can really allow you to sort of just open it up and also be safe simultaneously. Yep. Yeah. No drops, crazy rock gardens and yeah. stuff. So you can just mm-hmm. kind of like rip it. And I went off trail a few times and you just go in the bushes and you keep going. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well-built trails. Definitely that last day with the Hero Dirt was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole zone, like the Greenhorn, Imperial, whatever you want to call it, that whole zone, um, that was for sure a huge highlight. That was just an amazing, amazing time. I mean, that one downhill we did was like five or six miles. That was just yeah. like insane. Yeah, there's there's some – and it is well-built in the sense that 
The climbs are good. They're not overly annoyingly steep or hike a bikey or mm -hmm. crazy technical. They're they're manageable climbs that meander you kind of at a nice pace up these big mountains, and then you just have these killer flowy long downhills. And yeah, that last day, the evening before, it had just poured rain, so we just got flawless dirt, and it was it was tacky and really fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, we loved that. We ripped that first downhill. And it was like we're on a slot car track on single track. Like you could do no wrong and your tires just gripped. And yep. yeah. yeah, it was, that was so fun. Right, left, right, left, just hooking up. Perfect. Yeah. It was so fun. So yeah, needless to say, I think we would all recommend it. And everyone that also attended that trip was, was pumped and loved it. And I'm glad because when I'm, when I asked Steve, oh, I want to go to a more flowy space, you know, people sometimes are like, ah, it's, you know, I want to ride jank and tech. And yeah. I mean, you like riding a lot of that stuff, right? Yeah, I do. You liked Moab I didn't, I didn't get to go on that Moab trip. Oh, I know, but you've been there. Oh, I've right? been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, do yeah. like, like Moab. Train, I like yeah. janky and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. It just beats you up and like. There's definitely something to be said for how flowy and just like, you know, it was just, you could, like Liam said, you could ride a blind and you could just kind of send it without worrying, like just wrecking your face. Yeah. And like, uh, the scenery was just unreal too. I mean, yeah, I was just like pinching myself the whole time. Yeah. It was like a dreamland. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That was a good trip. So anyways, we recommend Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh, we stayed in a little town there, which was great. Mm -hmm. Cool little place. Beautiful. Pretty high end. Felt a little, uh. A little bougie at times. <laughs> like, well, so we were in like, like the resort Sun Valley. If you like fly resort, in on right? your private jet, then who are you really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But no, it was it was a nice, beautiful, well-kept town. Just right by Ketchum was the larger town mm -hmm. that was right there. Yeah, I, was, right. I didn't know that Sun Valley was teeny and Ketchum's like the real town. Yeah. Because everyone yeah. just says Sun Valley, but like really you're doing like most of the stuff in Ketchum. or something. If that. Yeah. We, it was like 10 minutes on a bike apart. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool little shops and scene and bars and what, what was the brewery we went to? Left Hand. Lefties. Lefties. Oh, the bar. Yeah. Just, I guess local it was just bar, a bar. Yeah. Lefties, local bar. Grumpies. Lefties. Grumpies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some cool, awesome. cool spots there. To, normal normal to mountain bars. Local yeah. mountain spots. Yeah. Mountain town stuff. Yeah. It was. It was really good. I enjoyed that. Those yeah. chasing epic trips are a ton of fun. So fun. And uh, by the way, Jared, Liam, thank you guys for joining that trip and helping out. Like you guys actually do a lot of that work. I kind of just go and hang out and talk to people. And I mean, we all have fun, but uh, yeah. Liam, appreciate you building and collapsing the bikes and all that sort of stuff, taking them out of the packs. And Jared, getting some good content. Got a little bit on Instagram. Put thank some you. more up there soon enough. But yeah, yeah I think I think we're a, we're a good trifecta on those trips. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If only we could have huge groups, you know. I mean, I think there was 12 people. They're pretty small, those yeah. trips. Yeah. We, we pretty much, when we do these collaboration trips, we send out one email about it and the, its spots are sold in an hour usually. So yeah. um, pay attention to our emails if, emails if you ever want to go on one with us. That's right. We got one more in September in Durango which is already sold out with people on the wait list, but we will be doing more next year. I'm thinking Revelstoke next year. What do you think? Yeah. I'm all in for Revelstoke. Yeah, Let's do it. I have I'm no idea if it's going to work. I haven't even mentioned that to Steve, so don't quote me on it. Pretty but sure. He's been doing a Revelstoke trip. Yeah, so. there's a heli drop in there, and that'd be sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty in. 100% down for that, like Squamish or something like that. Like, yeah. Any oh, of yeah, those. He, he yeah. just started yeah. Squamish, yeah. Yeah, now that Canadian is a little bit more open, yep. that would yeah. be fun to do. 100% down. Nice. Well, things to look forward to. Oh, yeah. Speaking of mountain bikes, Ooh. since that's what we talk about. Mountain bike podcast. Hey. Mountain bike podcast. What? what? Uh, four, <laughs> four different boutique component brands. I just want to mention these because these, these brands have been running through the shop a lot lately and catching my eye. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of brands are not doing anything that makes me go, oh, wow, I'm interested or I want that on my bike. <laughs> I've just been a little bored lately. Not a, lot, not a lot of new stuff has come out yeah. in the last couple of years from any brand. But these particular four brands have been coming out with some pretty cool new stuff. So to start... Bird, B-E-R-D, we did a YouTube video about their very unique spokes mm -hmm. made out of... Uh, Ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene. <laughs> is wow, that that's impressive. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, What would you call that? It's kind of like a Chinese finger trap style woven... It's it's hard to explain. You ultra, high molecular, ultra high molecular, ultra high molecular weight polyethylene. So <laughs> what is it? It's basically like a you know synthetic material that is yeah. uh, what is it? Half the weight of a traditional steel spoke or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And but it floats on water and it's twice the strength. I don't even know. Yeah, some crazy stuff like that. It was wild. But yeah. those wheels showed up. I don't know. Was that a couple years ago? Yeah. We got a test set of those wheels and we all rode them. And we're like, holy shit. 
Yeah. They're awesome. Super impressive. Yeah, they were cool. But so they they just came out with uh, a rim, a carbon rim, twenty seven mil internal. Yeah, twenty seven internal, eighteen mil deep, which they claim is the shallowest you can make a double wall rim. Hmm. So and they made that in collaboration with We Are One and yep. uh, Cam Loops. Yeah, yeah. We so We Are One makes the carbon rim for them, mm-hmm. and then you got the bird spokes and then the i nine hub in the middle. So it's a nice package. Full yeah. North American Jeff, wheel set. Nice Jeff actually package. rode those in Sun Valley. Yeah, I rode them that whole trip. And yeah. They were sweet. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I was really impressed with those wheels. So sweet. Took them off my bike, and I don't have them out. <laughs> He's not <laughs> taking them off his bike. He's well, going to keep them. Sometimes that's on. how these these <laughs> test wheels go. It's like, hey, once you guys you know create content on these wheels, test these out, and then it's like, well, I'm going to just take these. Like, <laughs> have to pry them from my cold dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> they were good. I just really like those wheels because that that uh, I mean the rim worked great, but their spokes. I just like their spokes. Yeah. It just makes yeah. your bike feel quiet and have this sort of dampened feel to it, and super light in terms of spinning up to speed. And I just I just really enjoy riding those, and I, I think I might be totally hooked on those spokes for quite some time to come. So anyways, if you haven't checked it out, uh, just hit YouTube, type in B-E-R-D spokes, and you will find probably our video and a number of others so you can see what these things look like. They're definitely unique. And on the topic of unique, 5Dev. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the letter 5-D-E-V. Did we talk about this brand on the last podcast? I feel like we've talked about them at some I point. I don't know if we did. I don't think so. But you yeah. went there, right? You went to their yeah. headquarters HQ in San Diego, right? Yep. Yeah, so I we were we were talking a bit, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna be down in San Diego, so what if I stop by?" And um, Will and Chris and Andrew showed me around and uh, crazy facility. So Five Dev is a branch of Fifth Axis, which is a very very large machine shop um, that makes all kinds of uh, contract work and like machine parts for other machine shops. So they're like the machine shop, machine shop. Wow. Um, so they do all kinds of stuff, but they're all mountain bikers, uh, or a lot of them are mountain bikers there. So they wanted to make five dev products. And um, during COVID, they kind of sparked the project up and made the, some super unique looking cranks with holes in them. Um, Nico Malali's racing on those right now, so might have seen them there. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see their facility. They're just complete, you know, machine nerds, and they love what they're doing, and it's cool to just see them make bike park kind of for fun because yeah, because they're just highly passionate yeah. mountain bikers and they're, they're really good at what they do. So probably quite overqualified to be making mountain <laughs> yeah. bike parts. I'd say and, so. And yeah, you can awesome. tell when you look at the stuff. I mean, it's just kind of jaw dropping how how premium it looks. Yeah, um, and the price point is also premium, but you know that's for sure, get what you pay for. It's but I mean, uh, and made in, in California. In comparison, yeah, cool. for made in California parts, they're not. Too much more than some other yeah. machine yeah. parts. But these are, and stuff. these are cranks, pedals, and a stem that you put on your bike, and they look totally unique. Yeah. Totally unique, yeah. especially the cranks. Yeah. I mean, you have those. You had those cranks mm-hmm. with you on, and, in Sun Valley on your Mondraker, yeah. and everyone asked about yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't miss them. You got yeah. them on your bike now? I do. <sighs> and I love them. Yeah, I mean, it's the new limited edition cash is that what they call it cash, cash color yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they are sick <laughs> yeah so yeah check them out that, that's a brand worth paying attention to and just taking a look at in terms of you know i don't know what you'd call these they're lesser known i guess they're slightly lesser known in the, yeah. in the scheme yeah. of like I mean, big dog brands boutique brand bo- but boutiques are, i feel like five dev just came out of nowhere and we're just making these sort of jaw-dropping parts right away i mean they, sure. they kind of did and that was kind of the goal did. yeah yeah, yeah. they're, they're it's, killing it's pretty it. rad they're sick they make good stuff yeah, yeah, it's really impressive. So the letter five D E V. Type that into the Google machine. Uh, next up, Delium. Delium? Delium? How do you say? Uh, Delium, I believe. Delium? But don't quote me because like I don't say anything helium, right. But with a helium D. with a D. Helium yeah. with a D. That's how we've been saying it. So their whole thought process is to just make high quality mountain bike tires that are not crazy expensive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tires started I like guess $35. That's, that's what I'll say for them. I mean, they, they probably have their own messaging, but yeah. uh, that's that's what we're taking away from this. They uh, And you had those on that Forestall, right? Yeah. yeah your I've, current Forestall. Yeah, I have them on the Forestall. I have them on both the Forestall test bikes that we have. Um, I ran them on my uh, Revel Ranger for a bit. They're really cool. Um, like, they work really well. They start at thirty five dollars, and I think they go up to fifty five. Five to fifty five dollars. So that's so, literally yeah. basically half or less than half the price of a lot of other yes. key yeah. mountain bike tire brands. Pretty much the top two brands are double that price. So, yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I mean, for the for being half the price, they're definitely more than half as good. Yeah, uh, I'd say they're oh, yeah. they're very very comparable to a lot of other tires on the market. For so. Sure. Yeah, in terms of grippy. just traction and specs and durability, and I mean, it's, it's impressive what yeah. they're doing. I'm a little perplexed on how it's possible, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, let's let's let it rip. And I mean, so if if you're someone who is uh, tired of spending more money on a mountain bike tire than you're tired, tired of it, <laughs> he said he's tired of tired. Of it. Oh my god, how did you guys both catch that? I didn't even notice. <laughs> Liam's been on him today. I'm trying to have a, <laughs> trying to have a serious conversation here about mountain bike tires. Uh, he's Jeff's tired of the. Yeah. Tired of the tire puns. Tired of expensive tired tires. Of tire yeah. You're tired of expensive tires. Yeah. Looking to deal You can't just drop yeah. something like that and expect to I didn't even notice, to, react, to be honest. I mean, you must perfect. be tired. It's not on yeah. mine. I am kind of tired. Yeah. Came in last night at 1 a.m. <laughs> tired talking about tires? <laughs> I am tired talking about tires. Oh, um, this, this could go on all day. I will, I will say the Deliums, I think, are great for bikes you ride a lot. Um, well, e-bikes. Yeah. Um, because you wear them out quick, so yeah. yeah. If you're wearing fun. out tires and you know had enough of spending close to a hundred bucks every time on a yeah. tire, then and yeah. knock on wood, but I have not flatted them on an e-bike, uh, riding it really hard. So yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, in all of our experience and testing, these things have held up incredibly well, yeah. just yeah. as good as tires twice yeah. the price, and they grip totally. really, really well. Yeah, I mean, the yeah the compound is legit. Yeah. So yeah, another brand that is uh, kind of making me go, oh, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Ooh, is, this, mm. is that funny to you? Is that funny to you, Jared? <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> and the last, the last brand making me go, ooh, oh, ooh, oh, hey, is going on? O chain, O chain. I see the O chain. <laughs> These guys are gonna listen to that and be like, why did they do that to our? Why did they say our name like that? <laughs> o chain. So O chain is complex. At at one point, we had Nico Malali on the podcast, and we talked a lot about high pivot suspension design mountain bikes and kind of the overarching philosophy of why those bikes exist and how you know high pivot can help prevent the sort of you know pedal kickback and input from your chain as your suspension cycles through it and o chain is trying to solve that problem regardless of what frame design you have by putting a how would you describe it they, they have um, it's all in the spider of the of the chain yeah it's a elastomer it's a little hard to explain without elastomer spider video because not even a picture is. does it justice let alone audio people need to watch a video of this i mean thing. It's an active spider, they call it. So essentially, your chain ring uh, is almost floating to your crank slightly. Um, I think they have a three, six, and nine degree version. You can just swap out the elastomers inside. Okay. Um, and essentially, as your suspension moves, you get a little bit of uh, basically free play in your cranks to allow for what they call chainless feeling. So they're really inspired actually by Nico Mulali and then by Aaron Gwynn's famous chainless run in Leo Gang. Um, Nico Mulali also wrote a fourth place chainless run at World Champs one year. In Rafael. Rafael. Wow. Um, And then Gwen won a race without a chain. Um, So they looked into that and they realized that the initial part of your travel is often dictated by the tension on your chain on your suspension. So they made something to try to eliminate that. So. Yeah, it can really yeah. change the feeling of your bike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's another product that's just so totally new and did not exist and, and very interesting and yeah. intriguing. And if you want to learn more about high pivot in general and get kind of into the weeds of suspension kinematics, check out our podcast episode with Nico, which was episode what? You have no idea. 92, maybe? <laughs> 93? I, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah just, just scroll back in the MTV podcast episodes. and 91. And 91. Like. Thank okay. you, Liam. I was close. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah we uh, we interview Nico and, and get into the weeds of suspension and, um, in particular, high pivot yeah. suspension designs and pedal kickback and chain input and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Another, another interesting brand that's actually doing stuff that's uh, surprising and different and just fun to pay attention to, which I really like. One of the things I will always love about the mountain bike industry that I hope never dies is boutique brands, challenging big dogs, innovating, coming up with new stuff and making premium level product that is just as good as the big dogs. Like I think that's pretty rare. It doesn't happen in a lot of industries. And I really like that it's alive and well in the mountain bike world. Yeah. And our first batch we brought in completely sold out. Yeah. Like without any advertising or yeah. any mention or anything. So it's crazy. Uh, people are loving it. Yeah, people are really curious on on that. Well, let's jump into our listener questions. 
starting off with a uh, with a little humor here. Very interesting. This is a great question. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you read that one, Jared? Jeff, would you use Sans? <laughs> oh, it's directed towards me. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have you answer it first. Jeff, would you use sandpaper as toilet paper for the entire day for $100? Well, I think there's a lot of variables involved in this because, um, one, uh, you might not even poop that day. So that could be totally worth 100 bucks. <laughs> Two, what grit sandpaper? There's a thousand grit sandpapers that are nearly like regular paper. Uh, also, how are you forced to use it very thoroughly? Like how much pressure are you required to use? Because I, if you just kind of grazed sort of some of the dingleberries. I think that's up to you, man. I think it's uh, <laughs> whatever level of cleanliness you feel comfortable. Just um, for one day? For the entire day. So it could, could be, be a good day. Bucks. It could be a bad day. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, let's just say it's a relatively smooth grit. And uh, I assume you're not allowed to use bidets. Well, he did not specify. Yeah, there, there's a lot of terms and conditions that yeah. need to be written to this contract. <laughs> yeah, Jeff makes every competition unfun. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you're the son of a lawyer. <laughs> I would say, I don't uh, know. Um, I'll answer. I would say uh, it'd have to be at least thousand dollars. I mean, because I'm gonna have to spend some of that on the doctor's visit afterwards. Yep, a wise man once told me, "Never skimp on your own arse." And uh, <laughs> did he seriously? Yeah. So uh, he yeah, British dude, too. I'm gonna skip that. I'm gonna skip that hundred, man. I don't need that hundred. Mm. Jeff was thinking about it though. Uh, again, variables. Yeah. <laughs> Speak, speaking of variables. Speaking of variables. Pros and cons. Oh, that's smooth. Pros and cons of center lock versus six bolt rotors. Mm. I thought this was cool because when we went to Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. And I'd noticed Liam took off the rotors of all the bikes when he put them in the Evoc bags. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised you did that because I never do that because I realized the amount of time it takes to take a rotor on and off versus how often it gets bent. I mean, you probably got a one in four chance of bending a rotor. And usually it's not bad enough and you can just bend it right back. And that's just easier to do than waste the time to take two rotors off of your bike without a six bolt. Unless. But then... They were center lock, yep. which are incredibly faster. How much faster? Oh we should make a percentage on Like 100%. This. We should 500% faster. Yeah, yeah I don't know like how much. Maybe 600% faster. With, if, without a power I don't, tool. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know the last time I did six bolts without a power tool. Yeah. So. Oh, that's true. That's a long time. That's true. We uh, don't have any power however, tools. However, you can. Here's a pro and con thing. Uh, a T25 is really small. Like the tools literally can be tiny, sit in the palm of your hand. Whereas That's a center true. lock tool. It's huge. It's huge. Or it's you a bottom bracket tool or and, one of those big wrenches, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and what do you even do if you're out on a ride and the thing comes loose? You're screwed, right? Mm-hmm. Which Unless, is rare, yeah. but you're pretty screwed because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I have thought about that. I mean, Wolf oh. Tooth does have like the pack tool, but it's yeah. basically a bottom bracket tool you're carrying with you. Um, but to me, that is the major con of center lock is if it comes loose on a ride, which, you know, maybe happens if once a blue moon, you probably don't have the tool, which actually happened to me once um, I was on a ride and I was like, what's up with my brakes? This crazy noise is going on. And, um, yeah, the center lock rotor came loose and I figured out when I got it back to the shop. I will say I have seen not a ton, but maybe close to a dozen center lock rotors come loose in my life. Yeah. And I think I've maybe seen one six bolt rotor right. come loose. So yeah. there you go. Um, but it happens a lot less now. That w- Actually, when Centerlock was first introduced and they didn't have that little ring on there mm-hmm. and did they ever put Loctite on, it was like that was more common yeah. for those things to come loose. And, yeah. and I think it's one of those things too, like it's your first couple rides, stuff loosens up, and then mm-hmm. that's when it's going to come loose. You tighten it up a second time, yeah, you're good to go. Like it's yep. not coming loose, you know? Yep. Um, but, but yeah, I think last year I made the switch to two of my bikes being center lock because I went to Whistler and I tacoed a rotor um, on the flight there. Mm. And it took me like two hours to get it back to rideable shape. Wow. And then, just because it was in the bag on the wheel? It was in the bag. Yeah. And it was Sometimes like, you, and they, they just threw it on the it, Yeah, it was like visibly just like warped. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. So I made center lock and I've taken them off ever since. And to be honest... Our bikes were going to be over 50 pounds anyway, so we took them off and put them in another bag. So like, Yeah, yeah I mean, when you're traveling, center all makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That's a good pro. Yeah, but one. if you're not, then, I mean, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Shimano makes their higher-end rotors in center lock only. That's weird. So that could be a, yeah. a pro. 
Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're if you're a Shimano mm-hmm. guy. If that's your thing. Yeah, if that's your thing. Hmm. Is there a weight difference? Very small. Negligible. It must not be much of one because otherwise I would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just brought it up. Jeff's going to make me turn his wheels with Tom's rotors. Start weighing his rotors. <laughs> You're screwed. Oh, man. Yeah, especially well, with titanium rotor bolts. Yeah, I know. Especially with titanium rotor bolts. I mean, alloy center lock rotor ring. lock ring. Yeah. yeah. Super mm-hmm. light. All right. Well, bust out the scale. Bust out the scale. All right. Next question that starts out with this isn't a question. But for a week, I thought your website was called Worldwide Celery. Mm, and funny story. Jeff did the, earlier this podcast. <laughs> funny story. One, one customer one time had taken our logo, and this, this guy must have been a graphic designer, and he actually changed the colors <laughs> to some nice green hues instead of the colors it currently is, and made it Worldwide Celery, and the L's had sort of bushels of celery coming off the top of them. Wasn't and, there and like it, a guy like with a, cel- like a yeah, celery face Yeah, it was like one, of the, one of the L's had, with the bushels on the top, had a smiling celery face, and... I don't think you I ever right? saw this. You never you saw the Worldwide Celery logo? I don't think so, no. Oh, uh, well, it might be in the drive or something. I'll show you. Yeah, I got a I got a video message from Zach at probably 1230 at night. And I was like, why am I getting... And he's, he's just at home answering <laughs> customer support emails <laughs> just, for just for fun. Just because that, that that's what he does, That man. must have been peak COVID. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something Everyone was pretty bored. Uh, and then I click on the video and I just hear him laughing and he's like videoing the screen of his computer <laughs> with this Worldwide Celery logo. So ridiculous. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I don't even know if cyclery is a word. I think when I made up the name of the business, uh, I was 21 and it was just like made sense to me. I called it cyclery because I used to go to this place called the Baglery, the New York Baglery. Well, that's made in, up. In Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's made up too. <laughs> but I was like, oh, Baglery, cyclery. And then, yeah, it's just a terrible name. But I've heard of other places like there used to be Westlake Cyclery. Yeah. Yeah, cyclery is a. Is, I think it's sort of a term in uh, in the bicycle industry or yeah. motorcycle industry, whatever. But, but maybe not Google so does underline it as red. Yeah, 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 yeah. So eventually, it'll probably be a word, just like you know. Doesn't make it, you know. Yeah. Baglery, just like baglery, <laughs> just like baglery, you know. <laughs> Or like irregardless, which is now word because everybody used it. It's wrong. Another funny story I told about our too long name that I don't even really like was uh, <laughs> was when I when I was creating the original PayPal account for Worldwide Cyclery, uh, I I was on the phone with a guy registering the thing and and he's like oh business name and I said Worldwide Cyclery and he said Worldwide he says is that one word and I said I don't know <laughs> <laughs> do you and <laughs> I'm not a, not good at grammar. Uh, more of a math guy, and and he goes, I I think it's one, and I said okay, and and then and then luckily turns out it worldwide was one word and not two words, um. So anyways, that's yeah. why it's just WC and not WWC, but WC is also like water closet, which is a bathroom in most places of the world. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Who knows? Good. Never. You know what? You you want to talk smack about it? You try and name a business. Yeah. See how easy that and is. See how original you can. See be. how original you can be. <laughs> yeah. Get the New, domain. New get a trademark. Mark. Pal. Get. Make sure there's no one ranking already on Google for those terms. Like, good yeah. luck naming a business is hard. Yeah. Get would, back to us on that. I would say I did that. a mediocre job. No, I think <laughs> it's, it's not a, about the name. It's about the quality of the business. It's a great name. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, yeah. I mean. Oh well. <laughs> it is what it is at this point. <laughs> You're, you're in it now. We're in it now. <laughs> All right. It is, it? On, a more, well, on a more serious note. <laughs> Worldwide Cyclery changes their name to Worldwide Seller. <laughs> <laughs> on a more serious note, here here is a uh, here's an ad. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors. Hello, mountain bikers. Jeff again. Something I personally believe in is that businesses should be operating in a way that supports the industry they're in and generally doing good for the world in their own unique way. This was largely the idea behind Trail One Components. Trail One was an idea that spawned years ago to build a brand that creates top-shelf mountain bike components while simultaneously giving back to trail networks. Worldwide Cyclery has a stake in Trail One alongside Brian Kennedy, a.k.a. BKXC, as well as one high highly overqualified engineer. We have made some components so far that we are extremely proud of and that nail down exactly what we have always wanted ourselves on our own bikes. We would be forever grateful if you checked out Trail One Components to scope out what we have to offer. As a thanks, use the code PODCAST25 to snag 25% off your entire order at checkout. 
You can shop Trail One on the WC site or at trailone.bike. Again, that code is P-O-D-C-A-S-T-2-5, and it will run through the end of August. Thank you, and good night. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> are you, are you when it comes to picking an efficient tire for your bike... <laughs> okay, well, shit. Excuse me. <laughs> Would you rather have a one lightweight and slow-rolling tread pattern or a two... Heavy weight and fast rolling tread pattern. Which combo would give you the best efficiency? How much does each characteristic contribute to rolling resistance? Mm. Mm. This is kind of a is there, we could we could go deep in the weeds on this one, yeah, but mm-hmm. but I think I'm just, uh, Liam's. I'm just, I'm just gonna say off right. the bat, it's really hard to have a lightweight and slow rolling pattern. It doesn't really exist because why uh, yeah. why would a tire company make something like that? Yeah, it's like. You have a slow rolling pattern with a lot of traction, but yet it's a super lightweight. It just like doesn't. It's yeah, just not I guess a, it'd be it'd be a little a goes more common to have a heavyweight fast rolling pattern, which would be like yeah. a, just a crazy bulletproof city commuter tire, or like a double down SS. Oh, That's, what even about yeah. plus bike tires when those were plus popular? Two point eight recon. That was a yeah. thing. That was a that was a heavy tire with a fast True. tread pattern. But yeah, that kind of thing exists. <clears throat> but but it's kind of hard right? to have either of these. Yeah, it, it is a little bit weird. Yeah. And and the other thing too is you you don't want to when it comes to picking tires, you're not there's not just one thing that matters. You're not just only worried about rolling resistance. Uh, rolling resistance may matter depending on your use case. More important if you're on the XC side of things. Uh, a lot less important if you're on the downhill side of things and you're looking for pure traction and durability. So here's my solution. Mm. One time. We made a video, and Liam wrote an article to accompany the video, and it covered all of our absolute favorite Maxxis tire combos. So, and and the basically we categorized it from uh, kind of XC, so yeah. sort of lightweight, less traction, faster rolling, yep. and then all the way up to heavier, more durable, way better traction. And everything in between, and made it really simple by just telling you literally the combo for each like each end of that spectrum and everywhere in between, and uh, and just broke it down in a video on YouTube and in this nice article and had these nice little graphs and it kind of helps better explain hey if your use case is X or it's Y or anywhere in between these are some popular Maxxis tire combos that you'd want to put this one on your front and this one on your rear and there you go. It puts it into a nice digestible form. There you go. Yeah. It's a massive blog, too, so go check it out. Yeah, so maybe just Google something like Worldwide Cyclery Maxxis Tire Combos, and you'll yep. you'll stumble upon that article, with that, which has a video right on the top of it. Yep, so I think I there's a lot of graphs there. in there, too, showing, like, rolling resistance and grip and kind of all that. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you are, to some extent, you know, at the, manu- the tire manufacturer's whim, and, and like kind of this question started out with, which is, like, no tire manufacturer is going to make something with crazy traction that – as slow rolling resistance, that's also extremely lightweight. Yeah, like that paper just, thin, that just doesn't really like, make yeah. sense. Or it's like impossible. To, like right, the taller it, knobs. The it's, it's definitely weight. hard. I mean, it's not possible. It. But It'd just be like nobody would buy. That. Yeah, you'd, you'd have a paper thin sidewall meant for XC, but with acid guy knobs, like yeah, yeah. It, would, it would be weird. Except for a ninety pound person who wants really lightweight tires and a lot of traction. Yeah. Right. And won't destroy them because they weigh ninety pounds and ride gently mm. yeah. on smooth terrain. But then you could get like an EXO, <laughs> like a dissector in the recon. Well, like that's a, like that's a combo I wrote about, dude. Yeah, oh, it's, it's in there. It's in there. Well, howdy then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tires, man, it never ends. Right. It never ends. We made a lot of content on tires, so check out our YouTube videos. Um, we've put in a lot of effort over the years to explain the mystery of tire choice for your mountain bike to get just what you want for your particular use case. Speaking Next question. Who would like to read that one? Oh, I was going to say, speaking of mysteries, is it oh. tough to Jeff for, to not ride this time of year waiting for birds to hatch in his hair nest? <laughs> it's, I've always thought my uh, hair kind of looks like a bird's nest. It has like a, a weird <laughs> swirl, and it's also kind of the same color as twigs. Totally the same color as a nest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like where this calic is in the back. If, if oh, there's you, one right there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend this question. Yes. If you could pick a bird to hatch in your hair, what would it be? Mm. Canadian blue jay. Yeah? Yeah, they're beautiful. Okay. Wow. Oh, like a oh, Toronto blue jay. I was going to say magpie. Yeah, we just saw these magpies, black wow. and white, beautiful birds. And those were very Valley, cool. Idaho. They're we kind of like, well, look at that. They're kind of aggressive and intelligent birds, too. Could kind of jack you up, dude. You sure about that? <laughs> oh, if I was a pirate, I could have a bird in my head. 
a magpie. You know, like how some, of those, some of those people have monkeys like on their parrot. shoulder, or a parrot on their shoulder. Yeah. I would have a magpie in the calic of the top right That'd back. That'd be sweet. We could go capture one of those parrots in Sycamore, and you know, you could keep it. It's a good idea. All right, I need a haircut. Actually, I'm, I have a haircut. Nice Thursday. I'll cut it for wow. you, dude. No way. Too particular. <laughs> Weird problems for me. My OCD. Right. What is your favorite Zach Weaver story that is PG? Ooh. PG for the pod. Liam has a great one. Well, yeah. Let's start with Zach Weaver is our customer service uh, guru here at Worldwide. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's one of the best. Legend. One of the best. A lot of times if you email in and ask any various questions, whether it's technical or complicated or simple and easy, Zach, amongst several other people, are really good and qualified. Yeah. And he's, he's one of the qualified people. Mm-hmm. But he is also charismatic and funny and interesting and... Uh, something we like to talk about because he's just a fun dude. Yeah, yeah. Like also, Larry's he's a highlight of gets a lot of into things. gets himself into some situations. Yeah. Um, but Such one, as. <laughs> yeah, one one that's PG for the pod. Uh, Zach and I and various other people at the shop like to ride early before work. Um, we were going out early. I remember it was like almost dark, so it must have been winter. And he, we just got a bunch of chain rings from Absolute Black to try out. So. Zach uh, threw it on his own bike. He's also kind of known for not being the best mechanic on his own stuff. So he threw this chain ring on his own bike, and he's warming up kind of in front of the shop. I think he's like pumping up my tires or something. He goes, whoa, man, this oval chain ring feels weird. And he's like (laughs) pedaling it around, and uh, he pulls up, and his cranks on his bike are not at like 12 and 6. They're instead at like two and six so they're not because this the spindle right he yeah one 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 notch, notch cracked on yes, the spindle and yeah. the cranks are not pointing away from each other yeah, exactly they weren't even they're one yeah. notch off so the oval didn't feel weird his pedals <laughs> felt weird because they were off because it couldn't go flat and i'm pretty sure i have a old old video somewhere on my phone of me like asking him what's wrong with his bike and it's pretty hilarious so needless to say i had to quickly fix it before he went on the ride yeah, but that that's a great PG one for that's the That's a cool. classic story that he will never live down. No, yeah. never. And uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, everyone has those classic stories where they've made You're some right. mistakes working on their bike. I'm sure we I'm, won't bring up any of your recent ones, Jerry. What, like the rotor one? <laughs> <laughs> but that is just stupid. All four. No, let's just. All brake adapters are a nightmare, regardless yeah. of how advanced you are. Fork, but uh, post mount should be standardized. That's just my. Opinion. All, all we can say is, uh, if you're ever installing your own rotors, brakes, brake adapters, really make sure you're paying close attention that the rotor has the correct contact with the pad. Yeah, because if not, you don't have the wrong adapter. You know, things, yeah, things like that. The brakes not, might not work well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't do that right, I'm going to ask this story after this pod, <laughs> which leads us to our next question. What are your essentials you bring on a ride or a trip, excluding things like water and snacks? It's a great one. Well, I think we can nail the you – you need something to fix a flat tire. Yeah, duh. like a spare tube and yeah, There was actually a lot plugs. of uh, recent debate in – well, I wouldn't say debate, but a lot of kind of agreement that people are carrying pumps now, just small yeah. hand pumps yeah. rather mm-hmm. than CO2. CO2s are losing popularity because they're finicky. They're sometimes unreliable. They're bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, you got to yeah. re- you got to replace them. You go out yeah. on a ride, you get a flat tire, you use a CO2. Two weeks later, you go on another ride, you get a flat tire, and you go, oh, I used my CO2 two weeks ago. Yeah, and yep. you didn't yeah. replace it. So that's the great thing about a hand pump is it doesn't go bad. You can just bust it out again, and it still works. Yeah, so a lot of people are using hand pumps instead of CO2. So I always kind of cool bring a hand pump for backcountry rides, road or mountain bike. Um, I'm a big fan of tire plugs. Mm-hmm. Be it stands, darts, dyna plugs, or even just bacon strips. Bacon strips. But bacon you carry strips. a tube also, right? I mean, I carry like I a lightweight. A, I always yeah, have a tube lito. Tube lito, man. Tube lito. The most expensive tube that hopefully you never use. Yep. But that's what that I. That should be their slogan, <laughs> shouldn't it? The most but, expensive tube that hopefully you never use. Some people do run them as like they're in their tires all the time because yeah, like they're yeah. lighter than ceiling, I guess. And I don't know, but yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I've I've used them and and then folded them back up and. I'm back on the bike. They're not like a one-time use. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, good yeah. Point. Um, valid points, right? Those are good. 
Um, yeah, so something to fix a flat tire or various things to fix a flat tire, link. like we mentioned. For, yeah, and a always have a master link. And your multi-tool. Multi-tool yep. is obviously a given. Um, make sure whatever master link you have is the same mm. amount of speeds that you're using on your drivetrain. Yes. yes. I.e., if you've got a 12-speed drivetrain that's made by SRAM, have a SRAM 12-speed master link. If mm. you have an 11-speed SRAM drivetrain, have an 11-speed SRAM mm. master link. So, yeah, yeah just, just make sure you don't mess that one up. Uh, you want a tire lever? At least one. At least one. Yeah. That's good yeah. to have, you know. Um, yeah, that, that zip goes, ties. You told me zip yeah, ties are always good to have. Always carry zip yeah, ties. A couple little zip, zip ties, ties and even like a little bit of electrical tape. Mm-hmm. Always good. You never know. You know, whether it's for your bike or for your body. Yeah. yeah. I always carry teepee. Wow, that's Seriously. smart. Yeah. Carry yeah. teepee. Totally. Not sandpaper, but teepee. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First aid is good if you're, you know, in backcountry, I guess. Yeah. Take um, extra stuff the further you're going. Uh, what else? I mean,. I always carry a derailleur cable. Yeah, I was going to say derailleur mm-hmm. cable. Yeah. Yep. Which is unnecessary with Axis. But yeah. in that case, maybe or, you want a battery. battery. I, I always Axis carry battery. Axis battery yeah. on me now because me and all my friends have Axis. And I've used it. I've actually had to pull it out of my kit like probably three times and give it to Buddy. So. Wow. Yeah. Really? It's in handy, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the use and case. And I've the nice thing so is you can just trade it to them and take theirs. That's and true. And then you charge it. And, and you like, charge it. It's all the same. Like. Yeah. Yours is mine yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's nice. That is nice. Oh, multi-tool, um, of course. Yeah. yeah multi-tool. Crank Brothers, your M17, that's what I have. Yeah, Crank Brothers one solid. Crank Brothers make a lot of good ones. Yeah. So does Lazine and Toby. Yeah. I forget about kind of like half the stuff because I got one up on my steer, Turbo Lito bolted on my bike. Like, yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, one up makes their EDC, which has a whole bunch mm-hmm. of tools mm-hmm. sort of neatly packed into your steer tube. I'm, uh, I'm cool. going to go for yeah. my... Uh, Type of skin complexion. I always bring uh, sunscreen, sunscreen, chapstick, and sunscreen for my nose. That's smart. Yeah, for the big rides. You probably do that too. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that's. I that's think pretty we, solid. I think we did it. Maybe a water filter if you're as, on as a backside yeah, ride. Catadine B freeze. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, not yeah, the useful. one that I had on the <laughs> ride trip because it did not work. Yeah. Well, how, how about this? A water streams. filter that you have tested yes, prior. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want a brand new one that maybe was yeah. too dry or expired or whatever. So yep. yeah. test your water Good filters call. prior because yeah. you don't want to be messing with that. One that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we pretty much got that one dialed. Yeah. 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 Not rocket science there. A lot of good YouTube videos on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Liam, you want to read this one? Yeah. What is the coolest animal you have come face-to-face with in the wild? Wow. I got, I got two for this I'll one. I'll go first. I mean, off the top of my head, um, probably Bobcat and Sycamore. Not super mm, exciting. Sycamore Bob? I mean, well, honestly, no, probably Moose and Jackson Hole, I guess. Ooh. Those things are super cool. The Moose was really cool. They're huge and scary. How close were you? Um, 40 feet, 50 feet. It yeah. kind of started coming toward us a little bit. So we, I, I got probably that close to uh, Moose in uh, Park City. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. Probably Moose. What about you, Jeff? 700-pound silverback gorilla in the <laughs> wild African jungle in southwestern Uganda. I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. Yeah. Catch me outside. Yeah. Yours is a moose also, Liam? No. Oh, what is um, it? Wait, real quick. Do people ride mooses? That'd be cool. No, I don't think you Not even Canadians? Even you know, I'm, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure there are more moose attacks than shark attacks mm. and bear attacks combined in the upper 48 or something like that. I believe it's that. Or actually in North America. I guess they just they look could, less scary, but they, they are really scary. They destroy you. Yeah, they're, they're pretty aggressive animals. And they're, they're, just, they're heavy. I mean, they're like way as much as a car probably. Yeah. And they'll just trample you. Yeah. Gory, um, probably. Yeah, well, bison also gort. Well, that's different, but yeah. oh, that's another one actually up there. Bison, I saw bison, Yellowstone, all uh, over the place. Yeah, those uh, are cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I was hiking in Ojai once and came across a bear, like, wow, pretty close. Uh, and like the one time I was hiking on this trail, not riding it. So don't ever hike bikes, trails you ride your bikes on. Yeah. Um, that one kind of spooked me. One of my favorite animals to see. It's not, I think it's the coolest though. It's not like, they didn't say the gnarliest. They said the coolest. Yeah. I love when I see horny toad lizards. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Because they're like, they fit. If you ever pick one up, they're They're like three inches big and you look really close and they're like the meanest little things. They're like three inches. So you're like, oh, you little mean cutie thing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know they have a natural self defense mechanism where their eye swells up with blood and then sprays at you? Oh, I didn't. That's cool. I picked them up and that's never happened. 
I, I caught one and actually kept it as a pet. And uh, my mom, of course, this is what you do when you're a kid. You, you, you find a horny toad and you're really proud and you bring it home and then your mom has to take care of it because you're an irresponsible little kid. Um, and my mom f- would buy ants online because they eat harvester ants. And so we learned a bunch about them. And, and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Do a little wow. YouTubing on, on horny toads, which are technically horned lizards, but they got that that eye that's filled with blood and then it'll like spray at a coyote. It's yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah, um, those are cool animals. Yeah, they're cool. They look like mini bearded dragons, but like if you look at it, it's a very southwest thing. Yeah. I don't know if they have those elsewhere. Yeah, I don't it's a know. Desert type of thing. You look at a photo on on Google, you're like, "Whoa, that's kind of a mean looking lizard." And then like you it's see like the, a mini dinosaur. Yeah, you see the mm-hmm. real size of it, and you're like, "Oh no, it's three inches big. It's not yeah, that yeah. mean." Wow, <laughs> it's a cute little dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which mountain bike technology, access e bikes, etc. Where does it go from here? Oh, that's supposed to say with oh, with MTB with? technology. Such as mm. access e-bikes, et cetera. So Where does it go things? from here? Live valve. Oh, yeah, live flight valve. Flight attendant. Flight attendant. Jeez. Is it called flight attendant or is it? Flight it's called flight attendant. Yeah. Or is it? Like, <laughs> what, can I get like you a drink or a snack, sir? Yeah. Cookies? Pretzels? Cookies? Freckles? Freckles? It is flight attendant. For some um, reason, I just, like, my brain thought of flight attendant, and I thought, that just doesn't sound as glamorous as, well, I don't know, army pilot or something cool. <laughs> Head up Rock Shock's naming convention. Yeah, you do travel um, a lot, so I mean, it's not as glamorous to you. <laughs> Flight attendant. Um, what? Yeah, what's next, Jeff? What do you think? I don't know. I, I've we've talked about this yeah. before on the podcast. I think I think mountain bikes are at a bit of an innovation plateau. I think it's pretty hard to make significant changes to make a bike better from here. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see a lot of incremental things, which would be arguably negligible. Yeah. Uh, which again, I mean, you you see things like Fox Live Valve and Flight Attendant. It doesn't really get much adoption because, or even the Trust Message Fork, yeah, yeah. right, a crazy linkage fork that arguably worked ten percent better, but cost a hundred percent more than a normal fork. I mean, there's there's a lot of this stuff that's just uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I think a lot of the technology and focus and innovation is going to be put into e-bikes, mm-hmm. and it's going to be put into e-bikes in the same fashion that it's being put into electric cars. They're going to try and make e-bikes. Lighter, more efficient, more powerful. Um, so you can have an e-bike. That, I mean, imagine having an e-bike that weighs the same amount as your current bike, yeah, but goes thirty miles and can cover you know ten thousand feet yeah. of climbing on one charge. Yeah, right? I mean that would be pretty wild. Yeah. Um. So who knows? And what if it pulled the power from your brakes or had regenerative braking? Right. Yeah, like I mean, solar or something. Yeah. So I think a lot of tech's going to be put into that, which is obviously still on the electric side. I mean, suspension, most, a lot of things are pretty tapped out. I mean, obviously we would all love to see the tire problem get solved and tires still go flat. Not, not, it's not it's, a huge problem. It's pretty good though now. Yeah. I it's mean, pretty good. It's one of those problems that it's, it's not problematic enough that people are just going crazy to yeah. solve it. But it's just annoying enough that it's just like, well, this would be nice if I well, never got a flat tire again. And I mean, yeah. let's be real. If whoever solves uh, that problem is going to sell two sets of tires to everyone and be out of business. Well, yeah, that's the other problem. <laughs> then you got this whole business situation going yeah. on here where you have planned obsolescence in your product. And if you um, made tires that never went flat and never wore out, then you would only ever sell one or two. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so, I'm going to yeah. stick to my guns on this one. And I still want to see a really cool wireless gearbox that works well and has no quirks. Yeah, yeah, but, that's a good point. Um, which, really, I think e-bikes a good platform that that could be combined in in the future. Yeah, I feel like yeah, totally yeah. with the motor. I mean, it only makes sense that a that a transmission would be incorporated in that whole mm-hmm. system as opposed to a yeah. derailleur and a cassette. And, and, then you can run a really strong like one of those track racing chains that those mm-hmm. guys just rip apart on the track, like on a moto or something, basically, almost, or, or yeah, almost like but, a dirt bike chain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen like, I've seen one of those, uh, it's like a tire pressure integrated into your wheel. Like you can change the tire pressure on the fly. I mean, yeah. I don't know, maybe something like that. Oh, that's starting. They, but I saw it was like um, astronomically expensive. I mean, I don't know how like much. Yeah. They were going to start that. We're going off the mountain bike podcast and into other stuff, but they're going to use that in the Paris-Roubaix this year for racing. Really? Essentially it's an extra bladder that, you know, you start off with, you know, 50 PSI. And then you could actually drain your tires to 35 PSI, and it fills a bladder up with that extra 15 PSI. Wow. So you hit the rough terrain at lower pressure. You could drop it. Boom, you put it stopping. back to 50 for a sprint, and you don't have squishy tires. Wow. That could be cool. I don't that think that's cool. going to change mountain bikes. but Yeah, more on the gravel scene or yeah. something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I guess for a mountain bike rider, you just keep your tire pressure pretty consistent. Yep. 
Yeah, I would like to see, like you said, Liam, gearbox stuff. Because even riding, I rode a Z-Rod once, and a gearbox bike, I mean, you have all the weight centered at the bottom bracket and no weight off the mm-hmm. back being your derailleur and cassette. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Like the bike handles really well like Feels that. Feels good. So. You don't tear up derailleurs. You don't have shifting issues. Um, you can build a really strong rear wheel because you can have a better uh, spoke angle. So there's there's definitely a lot of pros to it. There's just also a lot of cons to them. So yep. currently. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff. Lots to unpack. Lot to unpack. Lot to unpack there. We're going to have to wait for that one to play it out. Yep. Uh, speaking of electronic things, next question is, do the heavier EMTBs actually cause too much damage to our favorite single tracks? I feel like that's uh, a, our, a question that people would debate over. Yeah, it's, it's such a, a hard thing, though, because me on an e- EMTB compared to – I weigh 150 pounds. I'm a light fella. Yeah, you're right. Compared to, you know, a normal 200-pound guy – on a normal bike, like you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't the, know. The weight on the ground still the similar. Yeah, it, it's a very debatable the acceleration. Question. Yeah, but I mean, e bikes are not like you look at a dirt bike. Yeah, and it's just roosting dirt, right, yeah. and making a rut. Yeah, e bikes don't do that. No, I mean, we're riding all the same dirt bike dirt. trails in Idaho. Yeah, like, and they were they were not damaged even from dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah. let alone an e bike damaging that dirt. Right. No, yeah. I I think as a whole, e bikes do not cause any more damage to dirt yeah um I'd, I'd say it's more on the rider like are you a skidder i would are agree you yeah doing stuff are you riding strava lines and stuff like yeah that's going to cause more damage than cruising your e-bike around yeah yeah a lot of it comes down to the speed you're riding that thing that out too, yeah. you're skidding like crazy and all yeah that, so. and you're right i mean i guess yeah if you're a 300 pound guy riding an e-bike around then versus you riding an e-bike around or 250 whatever it is like yeah I mean, you know you are going to cause less damage Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there as well. Wow. Unpacking the damage from the bike. We're just unpacking everything tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go too much to the weeds on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, jeez. But yeah, to I mean, I guess not really. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Next one. Jared, read it. Is there a common way to figure out how far apart your pedals should be, a.k.a. your Q factor? Yeah. So, well, you added the AKA, your Q factor. I added that. So Q factor, which we were talking earlier, is really hard to explain via audio. So maybe just Google that. But essentially, if you imagine, you know, you're just, you're coasting on your bike, you look down at your feet and how far your right foot is from your left foot is your Q factor, right? So if you spread your legs wide, that's a larger Q factor. And if you tighten them real tight, it's a narrow Q factor. Is that a decent way to explain it? Yeah, I think Via so. Via audio? Yeah. <laughs> you just got to Google it. If you stand with your feet together, cool. that's essentially on the pedals, it would be a narrow Q factor. So this this is a lot more relevant on the road cycling side of things because you're sitting on that bike for so much longer, you're really concerned about comfort and power and what else? Yeah. Pretty knee, much that. Knee muscle alignment. Yeah. Because um, yeah, yeah. Your you're sitting, yeah, your hips, because you are sitting in that position. And spinning those cranks very for repetitive. hours and yeah. hours on that. Yeah. Mountain bike's much more dynamic. Yeah. Um, Same kind of reason just, you know, quote unquote, fitting a bike to you is so much more important yeah. on the road side of things versus the mountain bike side of things. But then, yeah, there's more... More pieces on a mountain bike like boost spacing, super boost spacing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, mountain bikes, there's not really that many choices. I think at one point there was kind of choices for your Q factor for early XX one days. Like, there was, there was, yeah. yeah. And, and I think they reverted that because they realized like, oh, nobody really cares that yeah. much about this. Like we just need and to make it more compatible with more bikes because you could at some point buy SRAM XX one cranks that had the narrower. Q factor that they offered and it mm-hmm. wouldn't fit your bike if your yeah. bike was boost. Oh sure. my god. Yeah, it was it was yeah. not not a good situation. It's early one by days, Jared. Doesn't doesn't Shimano have different Q factors? They might. On their they like probably XT did and pull that back. Uh, their their XTR might still yeah. like very racer oriented. Yeah, you don't stuff. have like, you don't have too much of a choice. Like you don't even really hear about it much no. in the bike world. You more hear about are these cranks compatible with boost or not. Yeah. And that's what matters. If your bike is boost or super boost, you need to make sure your cranks are compatible with that. But that's, and then there's the other thing which I always have to build Jeff special pedals because he wants the color of the long spindle Crank <laughs> Brothers Mala E <laughs> in the short spindle version. So I always have to get 
the colors he wants and then replace the spindle with a short spindle because he wants his feet a little closer together. Well, you <laughs> here's <laughs> let me explain. You have uh, with your feet a little closer together, you do have more power. Um, then, you know, obviously imagine you can't pedal at the wider you spread your legs, right? Yeah. So, so you have a little bit more power with the hip alignment and you also have more clearance, right? So if you hitting your, hitting the side of your pedal or shoe, as you're sort of going through a rock garden or something like that, or a rut or whatever, you have more clearance when your Q factor is a little tighter. Um, there's a pros and cons there, right? Cause you have less stability per se, cause if you have a wider stance, you have a little more stability, but it's uh, – so what I like to do is I like to run the non-wide spindle version of Crank Brothers pedals, and then I take – I adjust my cleats, which will push my shoes as far outward from – away from the bottom bracket as possible. Um, that also helps with, uh, you know, clipping out because your shoe is further away from your crank arm, so it's not going to bump into it, and further mm-hmm. away from your chain stay, so it makes it easier to clip out. Uh, FYI, if you ever want to watch an 18-minute video about how to set up your Crank Brothers <laughs> – Clipless pedals in ridiculous detail. I did that on YouTube a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, so I run the regular the regular spindle Crank Brothers with my cleats pushed, so my my cleats adjusted, so my feet are as far away as possible from the bottom bracket. In order to negate the shorter spindle, <laughs> so you just have the longer. <laughs> well, spindle. don't make sense of this, Jared. No, 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 Next no. question. No, no. Because if I had the long spindle and my cleats adjusted to be essentially the same spot, then my shoes would be closer to the crank arm, making it harder to clip in and out. Uh, See? Debatable. See? I don't know. No, it's not. It is 100%. No, it's not. If you just put your cleat in the normal position and you yeah. had longer spindle, your foot would be... No, no, no. My shoes no. would be closer to the cranks. The, sho- the shoes are closer See? to the cranks. Okay. See? I, I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to give you our time for the whole explanation. Don't confuse the issue with the facts, Jared. <laughs> My goodness. So right. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the most important part of this is this matters a lot less for mountain biking than it does for road biking. Um, and you also don't really have too much of a choice for mountain bikes in general because it's more yeah. cranks made for boost spacing or super boost spacing or non-boost spacing so yep well and i, kind of I guess it also depends on if you're clipping in or not right i mean if you're running oh flat yeah this pedals. is like almost completely irrelevant if we're talking flat pedals right. which I mean, is 45 percent of mountain yeah. bikers or more <laughs> well but there's also some flats i guess that have a shorter spindle so basically whatever is more comfortable for you right like that's really what it boils down to yeah a lot of the a lot of the antithesis of all of these types of debates in the mountain bike world is whatever you're more comfortable with <laughs> is going to make you feel better on the bike. And if you feel better on the bike, you're going to ride it better and have a bigger smile and maximize your fun and comfortability. And it's all going to be happy and days. Fun is what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. So speaking uh, of fun. Yeah. I like, I like this next question because it's fun that? for me. All right. You read it. Is it worth trying different cockpit setups other than a stock setup? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, it can be as easy as adjusting your stem height with spacers and you don't have to buy anything. Um, that's super good way to like see what it does, right? Raise it up, raise it down. Mm-hmm. How does it handle your uphill performance? Yeah, what well, you mean by that is if your bike came and it has, you know, 15, 20, 15, 20 millimeters yeah. of spacers below the stem and nothing on top, you could then move half of them mm-hmm. on top and you won't have to do anything. This yeah. is just a simple adjustment yeah. you can do at home with yeah. no... Nothing required, but a couple of wrenches or yeah. even one wrench. And you'd be surprised the difference that yeah, it, it makes. Just like sense. swapping a five mil or ten mil spacer from totally. bottom to top. I mean, it's um, wild. Yeah, I think it's also it's not super expensive. It's definitely a cost, but trying different alloy handlebar rises mm-hmm. um, to see which one you like. You know, your bike came at twenty five. Try a thirty five, um, and just kind of go around with that, especially with alloy because it's a little bit more affordable to. Kind of pick and choose. Yeah, $50 handlebars are yeah. easier to experiment with. Yeah, um, even same with stem length, I stem guess, length, right? Yeah. I mean, you for cheap stems, like, um, you know, going from like a 40 or 50 mil stem to shorter, like 30-something, I mean, yeah. huge My, difference. Uh, roommate's sister was just here, and she rode her bike, and I've got her set up with a 32 mil Rockville stem. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, blown away with how much better a short stem handled compared to her 50 mil stem. Yeah. So she, like, immediately... It's like, I need a short stem. Nice. So, I love a short stem. Yeah. yeah, it makes a huge difference. I mean, I think it, it does, you know, years ago, 
pretty much every bike came with a terrible cockpit setup. Yeah, true. <laughs> they all came with stems that were too long and bars that were too narrow and these horrible grips. And it was, it was just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Slowly over the years, they've gotten better and better, at least on the high end stuff. For sure. However, a lot of mountain bikes that I still see, even in the modern day, that are probably below that maybe $4,000 price point, mm-hmm. they're still coming with really kind of just lame you know, like the bars are too narrow, the yeah. stem's too long, the grips are terrible. So it's, I mean, it's totally something worth looking into and upgrading and learning about. And it makes a huge difference in how your bike handles and therefore how you ride it and how, you know, well yeah. you can ride it. So it's it's a yeah. relatively cheap way to make a major difference to how your bike handles by just messing with bar width, bar rise, stem length, and good quality grips. Yeah. I mean, she had a she has a Yeti. All Yetis come with 50 mil stems. Mm-hmm. No matter what they are, that's just what they spec. Um I personally always ride a 40 and then she, she's a smaller girl. So like 50 mil stem, bringing it back to 32 is a huge difference. Yeah. And now you know, that's on a stock Yeti. Like, of course it's good to mess with stock setup. So yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think you should. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. And speaking of trying new things, which suspension oil goes best with spaghetti? Well, I'm going to say WPL because it's all edible. Ooh. Really? Yeah. That's wow. just edible. The suspension oil is edible. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure like everything they make is like food safe because it's made like a Well, pretty sure it could be the difference between death or not. <laughs> it's at least biodegradable. <laughs> you just started pouring right? your suspension oil. I know it's biodegradable. Well, it it, well, it does have a lot of interesting details about being more environmentally it's friendly. Bio based. You could eat it. Bio based. Can I put it on my spaghetti? I was thinking I mean, WPL, I'm, I'm, Whistler Performance Lubricants. Yeah, I'm right? just going to say, yeah, just go ahead and don't put here. any lubricant in your food on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's no fun. I'm going to say, uh, I mean, well, I'll wait for you to, to you know, determine this. But I was going to say Fox. The What is it? The The gold? The gold. Yeah. 15-weight gold. I mean, I would rather put suspension oil on my spaghetti than tire sealant. Oh, I feel like absolutely. if I needed yeah. sealant, it would just, I would clog. And like, it would get rubbery would and nasty. I, I would go yeah. with Fox Teflon 5-weight really? fluid because I want the Teflon just to f- clean me out. <laughs> Nothing's going to stick. It might actually work as a laxative. Oh, I bet you it'll do more than that. <laughs> <laughs> or as an agent of death. Or what's the red one? Isn't there a Rock Shocks one that's red? That would be like close to marinara sauces I can think of. Oh, yeah, there is one. There is a red. It's like a shock oil. Shock oil, yeah. 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 Okay, Uh so there you go. Shock oil. Uh, It's red. Or the The biodegradable, non-toxic formula is safe for mechanics and the environment. That's what it says on the site. it does not say safe to (laughs) eat. It does not say safe to eat. It doesn't say you can't, Um, though. (laughs) It seems significantly better for a number of reasons. I mean, part of uh, WPL's... Uh, ethos is is more environmental friendly. Yeah. This other says greases, premium bio-based formula made with natural ingredients. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Yeah, yeah natural. Um, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and throw a blanket statement out there. Don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, yeah, that's a nice legal disclaimer. Though. Yeah. But speaking of something you can eat, nope, just have an ad. Here you go. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Hello, Jeff here. I wanted to quickly ask you all for a favor. If you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, you know that we own the apparel brand Kettle Mountain. We have been working extremely hard to create premium level mountain bike apparel with a very clean and minimal aesthetic while still keeping features and fabrics as technical and practical as absolute possible. It would mean the world to us if you could check out the Kettle Mountain website. If you get there, feel free to snag 25% off your entire order with the code PODCAST25. That code will run through the end of August on the Kettle Mountain website, which is KETLMTN.com. Again, that code is PODCAST25. Hop onto the Google machine and type in KETL. Thanks. And now, back to the show. And we're back. So, this listener, he broke a spoke, and he's wondering how many spokes can you afford to break before replacing them? Mm, Um, I think he's trying to say how many spokes can you break on your wheel before you should replace all of them? Well, no, I think... just the whole wheel in general? I think what he's saying is how many spokes can I break before I need to, like, 
replace the ones I broke. But I think you just need to go I think replace. We call this yeah. I think you need to just replace the one that you broke. The, well, the Ew. answer to the, your your version of this question is one. Yeah, if you break <laughs> one. If you break one single spoke, your wheel has got one nice hell of a wobble, and if you continue to ride it, it will just all completely and deteriorate. Even over. if it doesn't have a crazy wobble, you just like the wheel is a system. Every spoke is a part in that system. You right. break one, the system's yeah. now flawed. The yeah. integrity. And the whole thing's, yeah. The structural integrity has um, been compromised and will self implode if you continue riding <laughs> even with one broken spoke. So <laughs> the answer is your question is one. That's not more disclaimer. Other yeah, you're right. <laughs> version, which was the way I interpreted it, is uh, kind of the rules. Like if you break a spoke, fix it, break a spoke, fix it. If you do that third time, replace them all. Really? Yeah, this or, or consider if you're riding a wheel that is just not durable enough for the type that, of riding or too. your weight. Um, broken spokes have become way less of a problem since through axles. Yeah. Pre-through axles, back when everything was quick release, there was so much more flex going on that there was just a lot more broken yeah. spokes. And it's not that big of an issue on any wheels these days, at least any higher quality wheels. But if you keep breaking spokes, you might want to consider, you know, A... How quality is the whole bike in general? If it's good quality, then maybe just upgrade the wheels to something more higher end so you stop breaking spokes. Or if it's an older bike and you got quick release axles, there's kind of no way around it. Maybe just consider saving up for a nicer bike that's got through axles. Yeah. There's also more to it. Where is the spoke breaking? Is it always yeah. breaking at the hub on that J-bend? Usually means you rode your spokes too loose too often, kind of like a paper clip where you bend it, bend it, bend it, bend it, and then it snaps. They're just stainless steel spokes, so they're going to snap mm. yeah. if you do that. They break it. The nipple, like, they might not have enough threads engaged. There's a lot more to it, but... Yeah, wheels wheels need maintenance. Yeah. A lot of people overlook the maintenance that wheels need in terms of just tension and truing, and it's it's important stuff, you know, and increasingly important if you're riding the bike faster, more aggressively, or you're, you know, a heavier rider. Yeah. So pay attention to your wheel health. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Wheel health. Wheel health. Attention. Wheel health. Wheel health. Wheel health. And speaking of reasonable, I think that's it. That's all for this one. We should go home and eat some dinner. That's right. Yep. I would like sushi. to do that. It is currently 11.16 Eastern time, but we are actually on the <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> Late it seem later. <laughs> so it's only 8.16, but it is getting late. It's past dinner time. It's past dinner time. According to Liam, you shouldn't be having dinner past 7.30. That's if you go to bed around 10. You want two and a half hours to digest. Okay. Three and a half. That's fair. Jiminy Crickets. Go to bed late tonight. Yeah. Jiminy Crickets. Well, if you've made it this far in the podcast, we genuinely love you for listening. Mm -hmm. And thank you. We appreciate it. We are going to continue to try and record more podcasts and also continue to try and deal with the disaster of my travel schedule so we can get these things recorded. Thank you. We love you. We love you. And good night. Love you.